All right. Hey, I want to welcome everyone today. It's great to see you all. Good to have everybody here inside. I don't know. Last year we met in the parking lot, and and if, if that was this year, it'd be really ugly. You could uh, you could land a plane out there on floats. Um, and and it was ice yesterday. You know, I don't know what happened to it, but I was looking at go, whoa. And and so um, you know, it it, uh, it is that's that's the way it is. But um, but you know, standing out on the porch preaching to a bunch of cars where all you see is a flash off of the wind. You can't even see inside the cars. It's really weird. And, and so I'm out there and I can't hear anything. So I was yelling, you know, I, and I didn't even know it, you know, but my kids said afterwards, dad, you, you don't have to yell. It, you're, you're on the FM transmitter. They can hear you, you know, electronics, but, but I couldn't because I couldn't hear myself. And, and so everything's just going out, and all I can see is, you know, people riding bicycles down the bike path and other stuff. It's, it was just way too weird. And, um, and, and um, it seemed like every single week got, got even more weird. Everything changed. The technology, you know, stuff never seemed like it would end, the upgrades and, and everything else. And, and actually, I think they finally ended yesterday. Um, uh, Greg and, and uh, um, Amy and some, uh, some folks got the electric drum set up there, believe it or not. So it's all set up for the live stream, should all be finally finished. But, um, but, but trying to get it all set up, it, it was a challenge, and, and it was something that was um, really weird because it seemed like every week it was unknown. Every week seemed like it was what's going to happen next, what, what is going to be the next thing, and, um, and every time things seemed to settle down, they were upended again, and, and so it was just really weird, and, um, and, and a lot has happened since then, a whole lot, but one thing's never going to change, and that is Jesus conquered sin on the cross. Yeah. He conquered Sin for all times. His dead and lifeless, battered and bruised body was placed in a tomb. And three days later, he rose from the grave, conquering sin and death for all of the ages. And that is the reminder of what today is about. That's what every day is about. That's the hope that God has given to us. And it's a great reminder that we are continually, day after day, going into the unknown in, in life. And as we try to figure things out or try to figure out how we're going to make it or do it or worship together in the middle of it all, the constant of the ages, Jesus is there. And it's something that uh, last year I had to continually remind myself of. And today I'm still reminding myself of that. And I'll be reminding myself of that every day. And it's just the reality of who God is and what he's done to us. So resurrection is, is what we celebrate today. And it, it just literally means to bring that which is dead to life. To bring that which is dead to life. And that's what Easter is about. It's a compelling visual of God's love for us and the future that he has for us. And, and the scripture that we're looking at today takes place during the week of the Passion or the Holy Week, the, the week where Jesus comes in to Jerusalem on Sunday, on Palm Sunday, and, and he begins to move towards the cross to what he has come to accomplish through all of the ages it is about to take place. So Jesus enters Jerusalem on Sunday, and this is a portion 
of what took place on that Sunday, on Palm Sunday before he would go to the cross. So <clears throat> there, there are a couple of questions I, I, I want us to ask. The first one is, you may come here today and you think, will Jesus accept me? Am I acceptable to God? Will Jesus receive me? Can I come to him? Or I'm okay here today, maybe because I'm, I'm with someone, I came with someone, but I would never feel like I'd belong here otherwise. Or I, I just don't know if I fit or whatever that question might be. But in verses 20 and 22, there, there's the question. Can I come to Jesus? And, and in John 12, 20 through 22, it says, Now among those who went up to worship at the feast were some Greeks. When it says Greeks, it means these are not Jewish people. These are not religious people. These aren't church people today. It, it would be like saying there's some people who came in, who drove up to the building, but it was the first time they'd been into this building before. Maybe it's the first time you've been into a church before and you come and you wonder, okay, which doors do I go in? And, and, and you wonder, and then you see the signage and you go, okay, that it looks like there, that's where people are going in. What, what's going to happen here? And, and what do I do? Or how, how is this going to work? So, so they are outsiders. They are religious outsiders. It says, so among the, those who went up to worship at the feast were some Greeks. So, so these came to Philip. Philip is one of the disciples, one of Jesus' 12 disciples. It says, so these came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, and asked him, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Philip went and told Andrew, Andrew and Philip went and told Jesus. And, and so sometimes we might just kind of sift over that, just kind of scan over it and go on down to the next part. But it's important as, as you come in here and, and look at this because these are non-Jewish people seeking out Jesus. These are people who probably saw him cleanse the temple as he came in and he comes into the court of the Gentiles, the outer ring around the temple complex. He came in and he turned over the tables of the money changers and he ran them out, those who were selling goods and had turned the place of worship, the place where people could come to God, had, had Jesus came in and, and ran them out so that the thing that they had come for they could do rather than being marketed and, and so forth. So they had turned the court of the Gentiles into a market. Pastor Greg talked about it last week. This was as close as these people could get. This was as close as they could get to the temple itself, and it was outside. As you would come in, you would have the court of the Gentiles. It's outside kind of the gates and, and on the outer edge, and then you would have the court of the women. You would go up some steps, and you would go through a gate into the court of the women. Then you would have the court of Israel where the men could go. Then you would have in, inside of that another court, the court of the priests, and then inside of that would be the holy place and the holy of holies. So, so you would go in in these successive layers going in, but, but on this layer where these people were, it's the lowest level. As a matter of fact, it's down below the steps. It's at the foot of the steps. And as they come in there, it, it was the place where everybody would come. It was where 
the money changers, the merchants, the Sanhedrin, the Jesus, the scribes, the Pharisees. They would talk, they would debate. It, it was the place for those who were wanting to know more about God to come and, and check it out from a distance. It, it was a place where they could just kind of tip their toe in the water and see what is this? Who is this God of Israel? Who is this God that they were worshiping? And it, it wasn't just at a distance, it was a serious distance. It was a distance that was very clearly defined. They would have to go up the stairs and into the court of women, and that was punishable by death if you were not a Jew. So aren't you glad today that if you're not a Baptist, that there's no death penalty for coming in here? We, we let anybody in. Anybody, anytime, you're always welcome. Because that's the way that Jesus is. Anybody, anytime is welcome to come to Him. And, and so as they did, you, you, you might be wondering, you know, could I ever be accepted by God? Could God accept me? And this is what these men were wondering. And the account of, to, of today's events, of this day's events by John, give us some clarity. And, and we're going to get there in a minute. But Paul gives us a concise answer in this passage. It's, it's up on the wall here. It says, but God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So, first of all, it says that Jesus died for us knowing every detail of our lives because he loves us that much. Yes, you can come into the presence of God and worship. Jesus came for the outsiders. That's who he came for. He came for those who needed his forgiveness and, and his love. He willingly died to pay the penalty for our sin and to cover us with his righteousness. So he did it in spite of our past. He did it because of our past. He did it for the very purpose of cleansing us, of covering our sin. He covers our past and he gives us a new present. In Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 26, 800 years before Jesus comes, um, Ezekiel the prophet, he says this. He says, this is what God is saying. God says, and I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. So God spoke to the people through Ezekiel and he said, you know what, I'm going to remove your heart that is hard and covered in sin and I'm going to replace it with one that's alive and fresh. So these people, they saw Jesus. They heard Jesus teach. They had seen him maybe throughout the, the area and, and they probably saw him heal people and bring the dead to life. But most importantly, they saw that Jesus was offering them what they could never get on their own. So they went to the guy, they, they go to the guy Philip, and, and Philip is a Greek name, it's not Jewish, it's, it's not uh, a name that, that, would, that would say, you know, he's not one of us, but instead he had a name like them. He, he was able to speak their language. And, and so he comes to Philip and, and they ask Philip, they say, we wish to see Jesus. Sir, we, we, we wish to see Jesus. Or, or what they were really saying is, if you, if you say, hey, why don't you come see me? You're not saying, why don't you come and stare in the windows and look at me, you know? They're saying, hey, we want you to come talk to me. I want to have an audience with 
Jesus. I want to speak to him. I want to hear him. I want to ask him some questions. They were looking for a way to connect with Jesus. So this is where they were coming and and they were going and and looking to see that. And, And we do this in many ways today. I went to college. The college that I went to, 18 years before I got there, it was all male. All male and military. And, and so when I got there, they had only been accepting women for really a short time. So the men seriously outnumbered the women. I mean, seriously. And then you top it off. I was in engineering. And in engineering, it was probably 30 to 1, male to female. So the odds were off the charts. So if, if, um, if you wanted to meet a girl, you needed to know someone. If you're a Greek and you want to meet a Jew in this day, you needed to know someone. You didn't just go up to them. You didn't just go up to them. So this is the way that it went. And today is an introduction to Jesus. That's all it is. Today is an introduction to Jesus of why he came, why he went to the cross, why he rose again, why he loves us, and why we can come to him. Jesus can't changes the conversation. So you jump in, and Jesus changes the conversation. They go to Jesus, and we don't see anything else. That's it, the end of the conversation. The conversation is over, and it goes. So we wonder, will Jesus accept me? Yeah, he'll accept you. Um, so how do I approach Jesus? If he will accept me, how do I come before him? How do I approach this God who has come for me, who loves me? So it says in verse 23, it says, And Jesus answered them, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and it dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Whoever loves his life loses it, and whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, he must follow me, and where I am, there will my servant be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. So Jesus, he quickly states... He says, the time for him to do what he came to do, it's now. Up until this point in the Gospel of John, if, if something came, came and happened, it would say his hour had not yet come. His hour had not yet come. When his mother says, turn you know, at, at the wedding feast, and Cana Galilee says, look, they've run out of wine. And, and, and Jesus looks at his mom and says, look, woman, my, my time has not yet come. It's not time. And then he goes and, and he begins to do what, what he's doing. But up until this point... John tells us that Jesus' time has not come, but now as as we come into this week, into into this Passover, the nations are coming to Jesus. The people outside of the Jewish people, they are coming to Jesus. They are approaching and seeing, And, and this is God's plan. From the very beginning, it was that all people would have the opportunity to know him. If you go back into the Old Testament in Genesis, it, that God called Abram, and Abram in, in 1,800 years before this, God tells Abram, he says, I will bless you and I will make you a blessing to the nations or to the ethnicities, to the ethnos, to all people in all places. And, and so 
This is the beginning. It's God's plan from the beginning that all people would have the opportunity to know him. And the moment that humanity rebelled against him in the garden, he set it in motion to redeem them. So he sets this in motion that's culminating in this week as as Jesus comes into the the city of Jerusalem for Passover. And and Jesus gives this quick parable about this seed. So he says it's it's a seed being planted in the ground and the seed dies. And then it's resurrected to new life. And it's what's going to happen to him in five days. Five days from, from this day that he's speaking this, he will be placed on a cross and he will die. He will be planted. He's saying, I am a seed that is going to be planted. And that seed will bring life. So it's not, going to be, it's not going to be defeat. It's going to be victory for him. And, and it's the victory over sin and death that he accomplishes on the cross as he comes in. It says that Jesus, he is bearing our sin on the cross. He is suffering our death. He is suffering our punishment, what we deserve. And then he's conquering all of that by rising from the grave. Peter, the apostle Peter, one of his disciples puts it this way in 1 Peter 2.24. It says, he himself, Jesus himself, bore our sins in his body on the tree, the cross, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. So I approach Jesus as the glorified and risen Savior of the world. That's how I approach Him. He is God who came in the flesh to redeem us, to redeem us, to buy us back from the curse of sin. He fully understands us. He fully understands everything about us. In the book of Hebrews, the scriptures tell us that we don't have a high priest who who doesn't understand us. We have one who is tempted in every way, such as we were. He knows all about our lives and, and the things that we are tempted by and the things that we face. He understands us, yet he was without sin. He's our advocate before God the Father. So he fully understands us. He knows our hearts. He knows your hurts. He knows your longings. He knows your needs. He knows your desires. He knows what's best. He knows everything in detail about you because he bore our sin. He carried every burden that we carry right now on that cross. He carried it all. In 1 Corinthians 15, 3 and 4, it says, for I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received. That Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures. That he was buried. That he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. You see, the way we come to Jesus is to be like the seed. When we come to Christ, we're like that seed. It, we plant ourselves in Jesus and we die to the old person. And we become a new person. It means we become followers of Jesus. It means that I'm no longer on my path, but I'm on his path. I'm walking the path that he created me to walk. I'm on Jesus's path. He is the Lord of my life. The seed, I've, I've got some pictures. Here's a picture of a seed up here that, that you can see. That, that little bitty thing, the little black dot in the middle actually is the seed. The seed's so small that you can't even hold it, so they put something on it so that you can hold it. But that seed is 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 alone. It's by itself. There's nothing there. It is nothing. It can't do anything as long as it stays in that state. But when you put that seed in the ground, 
and it is no longer alone. He says, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, when it goes in and it dies to being a seed, it bears much fruit. This is what happens to it afterwards. That little seed will turn into that in just a few short weeks. Or another seed might turn into that. You see, the seed does something. The seed can become something beautiful. But the seed has to die. The seed has to be planted. The seed has to do that. And the seed is no longer alone. It's joined with Jesus. That's what it says. It says we're like that seed. As long as we're stuck in that little package, as long as we're held in that little piece of stuff there that makes the seed able to be done with, we're dead and alone. Alone. Apart. Without God, without hope. But the moment that the seed is buried and dies to itself, it's raised to newness of life in Christ. You see, Jesus said that when we follow him, we produce much fruit. You see, you'd never think from looking at that little seed that it could turn into that. that. But it can. It, it turns into something amazing and something different. And it's the difference between staying alone in the dark or following him and experiencing life the way that he created us to live it. So Jesus tells us that Turning from the things of this world and following him will result in eternal life. He says that we will die and then bear much fruit. It's, it's not behavior modification. Look, I didn't change the way the seed acted. The seed just sat in the package and did what seeds do. They sit there in the dark all by themselves on the shelf. But once the seed receives what it needs, it, it comes alive and it bears much fruit. Jesus tells us that turning from the things of this world to follow him will result in eternal life. It's, it's not behavior modification. Look, coming to Christ is not behavior modification. It's not changing the way that I act. It's, it's not a list of do's and don'ts. It's, it's not saying, you know what, if you want to be a Christian, this is the moral code. And the moral code is what changes you. The moral code doesn't change you. The do's and don'ts don't change you. Jesus changes you. Jesus gives you a new heart and everything in you is there at the moment. It's like that little bitty seed. That little bitty seed has everything it needs inside of it once it receives life. And then it blooms and, and, and it flowers and it produces. And this is what happens in our life. When, when we are apart from Christ, we're like that seed. But when we no longer are by ourselves, but instead we come to Christ and we die to ourselves. We sprout up into new life. And He changes us from the inside out. He gives us a new heart. He gives us a new desire. He gives us a longing to follow Him, to be like Him, to know Him, to experience Him more. And it's 
something that transforms us from death to life because Jesus makes dead people alive. He doesn't make bad people good. He makes dead people come to life. In Colossians 2.13, Paul put it this way. He said, And you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses. Paul said, Look, your hearts were hard, you were dead, and he cut away the hardness of your heart, and he made you alive together with Christ, having forgiven us. Our hearts and our minds are turned to him, and we become his. We're with him, and we'll be with him for all of eternity. The question of whether or not Jesus will accept me is really simple. It's really simple. Yes. Yes, he will. Absolutely. When I come to him and I leave everything else behind, he makes me a new being. I leave behind everything else. And, and you know what's being left behind? You know, we, we often think, oh, I, I just don't know if I can do that. You know what we're leaving behind? We're leaving behind our brokenness. We're leaving behind our hurts. We're leaving behind our sin. We're leaving behind all of the stuff that clouds our lives, that darkens our understanding. And it's being removed away like a cloud that's being cleared. And we can see clearly who God is, why he loves us, and how he loves us, and what he wants to do in our lives. So I leave behind my sin and brokenness, and I rise to new life in him. In Romans 8, 1 and 2, Paul put it this way. He said, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Isn't that great? There's no condemnation. There is no condemnation. God is not condemning you. So anybody else who is, they're a liar. They're a liar. Because God says there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, for those who have died to sin and, and rose to new life in him. For the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. So that's the hope of the gospel. That's, that's the meaning of today. That's the message for today. That's what the cross and the resurrection make possible. We're no longer condemned by sin, but instead we belong to Jesus when we come to him. You can leave here today being made fully alive in Christ. Your sins can be forgiven and covered by him, not by your works, not by earning it, but by what he does as a gift freely given. He offers us a new life and a fresh start with God. He promises to receive all who come to him and to never forsake them. It's becoming a part of the household of God and it lasts for eternity. You can also connect with other people who are on the journey following Jesus. We're, we're, coming in and and as we come in here in in the next week we're going to start some new groups you wonder you know how do I even do this how can I connect how do I go on this journey well the easiest way is to gather with some other people we're going to gather up and and start a few new groups or six weeks long so it's not a lifetime commitment or anything it's just like I'm going to stick my toe in the water and see will this work for me is this something that that I can do is this something that that I can understand or or taste so you can come you can go and, and for six weeks we're just going to talk about what what does it mean? What does it mean to follow Christ? How does that 
look? What does it look like to be in a community of believers with other people on this journey to follow Christ? So I want to encourage you, you can sign up out on the Connect wall. There are some places out there that list the different groups. or They meet different days, different times, um, different, different um, ways that they do it. Some of them meet together, some of them don't. Uh, but, but I want to encourage you to do that, to sign up for one of those. And, and uh, you can fill out a contact card on the back of your seat and just say, look, I want to know more about small groups. We'll get a hold of you this week and do that. Or you may be here today and, and you have that, that card on the back that says connect card. You just fill your name and, and put a contact on there, how to contact you and say, you know, I want to know more about what you've been talking about today. I want to know about Jesus. I want to know how I can be that seed that can blossom into a new life because right now my life looks like it's not really all that great. And, and I have a lot of questions, and I want to know more about this God who came and died for me. I want to understand more about that, what it is. So you check the box, put your number down there. We'll contact you and, and answer your questions. You know, how, how can I explain this? Because it, it's something that, that you might want to know more about. But whatever that might be, this is the time that, that we come and respond. Because you see, Easter... It's, it's not just a day that, that we have a meal and, and dress up and, and whatever else it is that you do with your Easter tradition. Easter is about the dead coming to life. And as we look at Jesus being dead and being raised to newness of life and conquering sin and death, as God called him forth from the grave, it's like him calling us forth. From the grave to change us from dead, separated, and apart from the promises and the hope of God to being a part of the family of God with the assurance that we will spend eternity with Him forever and ever and ever. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He will always accept you. The, the Word of God, Jesus said, all who the Father calls to me will come to me and I will never turn them away. He says, I'll never turn them away. No matter what the baggage is that you brought in here today, Jesus said, I will not turn you away because I have paid the price for your sin. You see, isn't it great? Because none of us are good enough. None of us are good enough. But Jesus is everything that we need. He is the hope of all hopes. Let's pray. Father, we come before you today. We praise you and thank you for the love that you poured out for us in Christ. Father, we pray that you would help us, Lord, to have a greater understanding of the magnitude of your love, of the hope that you have for us, of the future that you have for us, Father, that we all have a part to play in your kingdom, Father, that we're all accepted and loved, not based on our works, but based on Jesus. Father, I pray for those here today who have never received Christ, that they would know him, that they would experience him, and that today would be the day that they're no longer alone, but they have been raised to newness of life in Christ Jesus. So we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand as Greg leads us?